Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Plain. Chairman of the Board of Directors for the New Georgia Project, following Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, and to declare from home state of John Roberts Lewis that we are in fact carrying on. All right. And indeed, what are we carrying on? We're carrying on a long tradition that stretches back at least 402 years 402. of fighting for freedom. I want to make sure that we understand that context. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee laid out the issues that were there and confronting this nation between its construction and its first reconstruction, second reconstruction of this country, and what it produced in terms of the 15th Amendment, along with the 14th and 13th Amendment. And so on this day, July the 22nd, 2021, this as my grandmother would say, is the day that the Lord has made. And we rejoice in it because we spend it together with other brothers of like mind to call upon the conscience of other brothers who are watching this and other organizations who are wondering what you can do in this moment Mm -hmm. and churches and clubs and groups. You can make your way to this citadel 
of democracy. That's right. And you can demand the full panoply, full cornucopia, the full, full measure yes. of what Representative Jackson Lee was speaking about mm -hmm. on this day. this day. I want you to know you can't forget about Georgia. Mm -hmm. It would have never been a 15th Amendment without Georgia. Mm. On this day, July the 22nd, oh. 1861, President Lincoln Delta. reads the Emancipation Proclamation mm. for the first time to his cabinet. Mm. And in that document, for the first time by a president, that insidious, inglorious, sinful institution known as involuntary servitude in the Constitution mm -hmm. was called what it is, mm -hmm. slavery. Mm -hmm. And in that draft, President Lincoln said to his cabinet what every person of goodwill already knew, that slavery was an abomination before God mm -hmm. and that it should, and, and those held in it, yeah. henceforth will therefore and shall be free. Yeah. Those were words. They had to be proven in action. Three years later, in the battle for Atlanta, Come on. General Tecumseh Sherman, mm -hmm. in his march to the sea, Come on. in taking hold to Atlanta, mm -hmm. which then was the crown jewel of the Confederacy, other cities having fallen, he declared in that day, with 11,000 odd dead men and women around him, that the South would lose, the Confederacy would crumble, and that this war could be won for America. I want to let you know that that Reparations Act, That's right. one of the first ones, was, was signed in a field order right down in Savannah, Georgia, That's right. by that same general who took that Battle of Atlanta and the courage that was matched in terms of word and deed, Lincoln's words, but the soldiers' deeds on the battlefield. Claire, 40 acres and a mule. There's all the men who gathered with him, all the men who gathered with him, all the preachers and leaders who gathered with General Sermon wanted was a fair chance to prove themselves in this country. All right. Get out, get out of our way and give us a part of the land that we've worked and give us some means to work it. And we will build our own destiny. We can't get to the 15th Amendment without coming through Georgia. And as we talk about the third reconstruction of this country, where we are right now, we're going to prove the words of Georgia's son, King, or his adopted son, Lewis. Then we must put forth some action to match their words. At least that 15th Amendment is a dead letter. Indeed, Justice Kagan in this building behind me said this about the Voting Rights Act. No legislation in Congress. That was the appropriate legislation that Sheila Jackson Lee was speaking about that the Congress shall have the authority to do this. No act of Congress has been more disrespected and disregarded than the Voting Rights Act. That's right. No piece of legislation has ever been more successful in accomplishing its goals. And that's why we're here, because it's been too successful. I want to let you know there was another battle of Atlanta just last year. I know about it because wasn't General Sherman that was on the battlefield. Oh, it was Cliff Albright. Yes, All right now. It was Black Voter Matter. Yes, sir. It was the NAACP. Yes, sir. It was the New Georgia Project. Yes, sir. It was right. Fair Fight. Yes, it was people in bits and places all over Georgia, not just Atlanta, but in places like Statesboro and Savannah and Sandersville and Sardis, 
who declared that they would exercise that right that Jackson Lee just spoke to us so passionately about. And we won the Battle of Atlanta. And the Battle of Atlanta changed the direction of this Senate. And now we need to say to President Biden that just as there were nearly 11,000 odd dead men and women on the battlefield of the first Battle of Atlanta, and just as Donald Trump called our governor and secretary of state looking for 11,000 votes after the second Battle of Atlanta, we are looking for you, President Joseph Biden, to match your words with deeds. We are looking to you. Come on leader of the Senate, Come on. you're only able to call yourself the majority leader because of what happened in Georgia. Right. Right. We are looking for you to match your words with deeds. This is no time for mere words. They reign hollow when my people are losing their rights. Right. It is a time for action. Pastors, community leaders, yes, academic leaders, business leaders, mm. this is your call to action get here to this seat of our democracy right. and demand that these men and women who've been elected to represent us mm. in this democracy mm. preserve it and keep it. You know, when those ships left Mother Africa, I imagine that they got so far out into the ocean that they did not know the people inside, the people, not slaves, the people inside, right. the fathers, mothers, the leaders did not know where they were and did not know where they were going. But I'm absolutely confident, I'm absolutely confident that they knew who they were. After 402 years, these men still know who we are. Peace and power. All right. All right. All right. More MIP after this message. All right, we're gonna um um and I just wanna remind us, you know, we wanna we're on a schedule. And so I'm gonna bring up we're gonna go to the state of West Virginia. Now y'all know that a critical state in this battle is the Come state on. of West Virginia. Come on. And we now. all know why, right? Yes, we sir. can't let one senator, whether he be from West Virginia or Arizona, be in the way of, of allowing the same Jim Crow filibuster that's blocked voting rights and civil rights for decades to continue to do so. But it's important that we hear from black folks in West Virginia. That's right. And on. a couple of weeks ago, we were there and we heard black folks got something to say in West Virginia. So I'm so pleased to be able to bring up Brother Hollis Lewis. Thank you, Mr. Albright. Uh, my name is Hollis Lewis. I'm the co-chair of the West Virginia Black Caucus, co-chair of the affirmative, West Virginia Affirmative Action Committee. This past Sunday, my pastor stated uh, the context of our church house to say, if we leave this same house to our children, then we fail. So if we leave these same voting rights acts to our children that we fail. So I'm standing, I'm proud to stand with these brothers and continue to fight that our ancestors have done. It is not just our icons, the Martin Luther King, the John Lewis. It's our grandmothers, our grandfathers, our uncles, and our cousins who lost their houses, lost their way of life in order just to give us this right to vote. It's not just about the people who are going to be in these halls in D.C. It's your state, uh, uh, your, your prosecutors, your sheriffs your school board members, people that are going to affect your daily life. So we must continue this fight. We must stand tall in the face of everything that uh, we're currently going through. Um, I'm proud to just, again, I'm proud to just be amongst these brothers. And I thank you, Mr. Albright, for inviting me here. And again, it's not, we, in my, I tell people in my home state, we have a small number, but it's not about how big the number is or how big the fight it is. And we're going to continue this fight. So pass H.R. 1, pass H.R. 4 in the filibuster. Thank you. All right, 
Again, we're going to try to speed this up just a little bit. Thank you, Brother Hollis Lewis. We're going to turn this over to Representative Troy Carter, one of the newest members of the CBC. I think the newest members of the CBC. Uh, Troy Carter from the great state of Louisiana, representing New Orleans. Thank you, Brother. Thank you all very much. As was stated, my name is Troy Carter, the newest member of the Congressional Black Caucus. I hail from the great state of Louisiana. Yes, sir. A state that certainly knows a little bit about Jim Crow. Mm -hmm. A state that certainly knows about the kind of racial deprivation that our people have suffered. A state that has a Democratic governor, but both houses are controlled by Republican majorities. I'm honored to be here with these courageous men and with the courageous women who stood last week and stood today to demonstrate our tenacity, to demonstrate that we aren't going anywhere. That on this day, on this day, at this time, at this time, such as now, such as now. Right. we will not retreat. That's right. We will not turn around. Right. That's right. We will not be discouraged. That's right. Bring your dogs. Mm. Bring your hoses. Mm. Bring whatever you want. Mm. Arrest us kill us, but we will stand together. We want, we demand nothing more, but not one damn thing less than any person has ever had in this country as it relates to their freedoms and their rights to vote. We will. We will prevail. That's because right. we will not back down. That's right. Our heads may be bloody, That's right. but they will not be bound. That's right. We are the captains of our ship, the masters of our soul. That's right. And as we stand today, we stand in love, lest anyone misunderstand or attempt to write this in a way that is not accurate. We stand together in unison, in love, in strength, in power, demanding what is given to us by God. And we will have it. Yeah, right. And we will have it. That's right. By any means, means necessary. necessary. That's right. God bless you. Thank you, Representative Carter. I'm going to turn it over now to a dear friend, dear brother. You all know him from the great work that Color of Change does and has been doing for years now. My friend, Rashad Robinson. All right. All right. All right. Thank you to Black Voters Matter, and thank you to all the brothers who are out today. Thank you to the sisters who led us and moved us forward. I am here on behalf of the 7.2 million members, black folks and allies of every race that stand with Color of Change every day to translate the presence that black folks have in the world into the power to actually make real change. You know, my message today is to the Democrats in the Senate. All right. The Democrats in the Senate who asked us to turn out in the middle of a pandemic, who told us by putting them into power, they would actually move the issues forward that we needed them to move. And in the middle of a global pandemic, black folks showed out. You know, last summer, racial justice became a majoritarian issue. That's right. When many people thought the best we could do was clap outside of our windows or uplift journalism, racial justice drove people into the streets, multiracial coalitions of folks. And now that we watch as the rules are being designed to, to make sure that racial justice, which is now a majoritarian issue, 
can't be the governing majority of this country. All right now, right? So don't come to us and ask us for our vote by day and stay silent where they take away our power by night. We will not go back. And I want to say that there were no good old days. There is only a path forward. There is only a path forward with all of us being able to be heard, recognized, and visible regardless of whether we are privileged or vulnerable in the majority or the minority or in favor or out of favor with whoever is in power. That is the work that we have to put together to move forward. So it means ending the filibuster. Because a racist Jim Crow legacy policy is Mm. not going to be the thing I can go out to in 2022 and explain to people that is why we didn't pass criminal justice reform. Mm. That is why we didn't put money in your pocket that was needed. Mm. That is why we did not move issues forward. So as much as we want to talk about the Republicans standing in the way, talk about it. I remember being in Senator Schumer's office and he told me all the policies that I wanted when I was meeting with him a couple of years ago, I needed Leader Schumer to accomplish. All right. Well, we got Leader Schumer. You got it. And now we need to accomplish the policies necessary. And that starts with ensuring that we do not lose our ability to express our will for a better future through the vote. That is the work forward. That is how we translate presence to power. That is how we work to change the rules. We will not get a true democracy without racial justice. In fact, racial justice is not the outcome of a true democracy. Come on, teach. Racial justice is the thing that gives us a true democracy. And so let's center racial justice in all the work we do to undo all the norms and practices that stand in our way of progress. That is the path forward. Thank you all for being out here today. I apologize. Many of us, Brother Hank and us, are going to have to leave shortly, but there was one other thing I want to say. While we speak to the need for us to have unfettered access to the voting booths, unfettered access to every right, not made more difficult, not challenged, but open all the doors and let everybody vote. We also have to be true to ourselves. And I want to say this to all of our brothers and sisters throughout the land. While we here in this sun fight for those rights, while we here remember those who have died and those who have gone to jail and those who still will go to jail, you can't stay home. You got to go and vote. Having the right is only one part. Exercising the right is enough. So brothers and sisters, as we listen and we love and we fight and we learn, let's fight for the right and then let's exercise that right. Because when we vote, we win. All right. All right. All right. All right. More MIP after this message. I'm going to bring up now uh, Reverend Cornell William Brooks, 18th President and CEO of the NAACP, currently at the uh, Harvard uh, Kennedy School. Cornell William Brooks. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm here today, first and foremost, as a brother standing in solidarity with so many sisters who stood for the right to vote. I'm here today as a fourth-generation minister in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. But I'm also here today as a first-generation 
civil rights lawyer. I'm a first generation civil rights lawyer and a fourth generation minister in the AME Church as a consequence of the legacy of the Reverend James Edmund Prelo, my granddaddy, who back in 1946 was inspired by a civil rights lawyer by the name of Thurgood Marshall. All right. Thurgood Marshall walked into the doors of this building, argued a case called Smith versus Allwright, yeah. which held unconstitutional, which held unlawful, which held immoral, the all-white Southern Democratic primary. That is that procedure which designated the Democratic Party as a country club, a social club, in which black folks were unfit to be members. Mm. And as a consequence, they had a lockhold, a stronghold, mm. a monopoly on Southern elected offices. My granddaddy, when he heard that Thurgood Marshall won the case Smith versus Allwright, he was inspired to run for Congress as a leader of a local branch of the NAACP. Yeah, right. He ran for Congress, not because Fox News told him he could win, wow. not because there was a CNN poll that told him he could win, not because the MSNBC mm. network told him he can win. He ran because he had a love mm. and affection for the black folk in the low country of South Carolina. That's right, that's right. The historians tell us that the Reverend James Edmund Prelo lost decisively. Mm. He only garnered 2% of the vote. Mm. That's all right. But my granddaddy uh -huh. got into a little conversation with his daughter, my mother, Jamie Prelo, about the right to vote, mm. and about standing up for our rights under the U.S. Constitution. My mama, Translated and transliterated for those of you from the not from the South, my mother. Yeah. <laughs> my mama had a high school classmate by the name of Jim, who convinced her as a 17-year-old college student to get in some good trouble in South Carolina at South Carolina State College. Her classmate from high school, her college classmate by the name of Jim, convinced her to get arrested. And so as a consequence, she was put in a cattle pen because the jails were filled. But her classmate, Jim, may have heard my mama talk about her daddy running for Congress in the 6th District of South Carolina. Jim, James Clyburn, yeah. ran for that same seat. He won that seat. He took... The spirit of my granddaddy into the halls of Congress. Come on, right. tell the story. Now, I've, I can extrapolate a few moral policy and legal lessons from this modest family story. The first of which is those who argue that we can out-organize, out-register, out-enroll voter suppression. Or sadly mistaken, my granddaddy and so many all across this country, they organized, they registered people to vote, they laid down their lives for the vote, but it wasn't until 
There was a Voting Rights Act of 1965 that James Clyburn had any chance of walking into the halls of Congress. Yes, right. Don't tell us we need to work harder. You need to do your job. Yes, right. Yes, right. Come on now. Come on. Second fallacy that I'd like to take up is this notion that our fight is a partisan fight. That's right. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court said that in the recent Supreme Court decision that voter suppression is a matter of partisan inconvenience. Some voters are inconvenienced to the uh, partisan advantage of other voters. Well, let's be clear. My granddaddy wasn't inconvenienced. Mm -hmm. Your mamas and daddies who stood in line for long hours without water were not inconvenienced. Well. Their votes were suppressed. suppressed. Their votes were denied. Yes. Their rights were violated. They were victimized, and we're not here to hear any kind of argument about inconvenience. This about is not about inconvenience. It's about an impossibility. That is to say, without voting rights, democracy is impossible. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's, right. That's, right. That's, right. That's it. That's right. Third and last fallacy, this notion that we can achieve voting rights in this country without addressing the filibuster. Well, Brother Rashad Robinson has said to us and explained to us so well, has had the leadership of Black Voters Matter, explained to us so well how many sacrifices have been made, how many promises have been made, how many lives have been laid down. And we are yet saying here, you've got a choice between the procedural obscurities of the United States Senate and the real needs of the people. You can choose between arcane, out-of-date, old-fashioned, Jim Crow, racist rules in the Senate, or you can speak to the real needs about democracy. Don't tell me you're going to choose the filibuster over the right to vote. Right, that's right. right. That's right. Last point. I just want to leave with you is point about the moral gravity of the right to vote, the freedom to vote. To be clear here, this is bigger than race. As much as this fight centers on black and brown people, it's bigger than race. Why? Because black folks are excluded, brown folks are excluded from the ballot box, young folks are being punished at the ballot box, older folks are being punished at the ballot box. People with disabilities are being punished at the ballot box. Migrant communities are being punished at the ballot box. Immigrant communities are being punished at the ballot box. Native Americans on reservations in cities, suburbs, and towns are being punished. So don't tell me it's merely about race. It's not merely about Republicans. It's about our morality and power as a democracy. Yes, sir. And I'll just leave you with this modest story. A few years ago, some of us had it in our hearts to march from Selma, Alabama, the home of the Voting Rights Act, to Washington, D.C., the home of our democracy, 1,004 miles over the course of 40 days. I walked beside a 70-year-old veteran by the name of Middle Passage, a veteran of the Navy, a veteran of military service, and he carried the American flag for 900 miles for the right to vote. We came to the little town called Spotsylvania, Virginia. That's right. It began to rain. 
Men are wrapped up the flag. But when the rain stopped, when the clouds parted, he unfurled the flag. And when he did, he fell to the pavement and lost his life. The hardest question I was ever asked at the NAACP was a question by young folk who asked, if a man was willing to die for the right to vote, why can't we fight and be willing to die for the right to vote? Yes, We're right. saying here that we will fight. Yeah. We will die, but we will have the right to vote. We will have the John Lewis Act. We will have right. for the people act. We will right. never give up. We will never yeah, give in. Right. We will never give over. We will fight for the right to vote. We've still got about five remaining speakers, maybe six remaining speakers, plus, plus uh, uh, in fact, let's, let's do this. Before we head over, uh, Representative Johnson, so be clear, we've got representatives here from the, 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 the major black fraternities here. We've got Alpha Phi Alpha. I shouldn't try to put it in any particular order because I might get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I should yeah. put it in order. I should put it in order. Yeah. We got the Alphas here, we got the Omegas here, we got the Kappas here, we got the Sigmas here. And so as we call, and they, they've got representatives that are going to speak when we get to the hard office building. So everybody's still going to get the opportunity to speak. But we're going to close it out here by having one of the Omega brothers and a representative from the great state of Georgia come up and say a few words before we start to walk on out. Representative Hank Johnson. You know, I came prepared to deliver the, um, the keynote address today. <laughs> and I know y'all uh, are ready to, uh, to hear that. I just wanted to bring a smile to your faces because, you know, when black males get together, it makes folks uncomfortable. That's right. That's, That's right. right. That's, That's right. right. Say that. That's true. And when we're not playing basketball, come on. Mm. There you go. It makes folks uncomfortable. Mm. And when we're not smiling, mm. it yes. makes folks real uncomfortable. Mm. But we came today in peace. We're peaceful. We love peace. <laughs> and uh, but we have a couple of demands that. We want to uh, lay at the table. Tell them. All right. Tell them. And they have to do with uh, some legislation that's needed. Mm. As I look out towards the uh, House and Senate, and I think of the January 6th insurrection, a white supremacist insurrection. And then as I look back, across my shoulder at the United States Supreme Court, mm, where once was delivered the dreadful Dred Scott decision, mm, mm, mm. followed up a couple of generations later by Plessy versus Ferguson. And then for a long, long time, we were in the trick bag as a people. Mm, mm, mm. I feel like we're in a trick bag today mm, mm. between the legislative branch and the judicial branch. Mm -hmm. That trick bag has to do with what's going to happen in November of 2022 and beyond. Mm -hmm. You know, because folks over there, just like those insurrectionists wanted control, mm. there's folks inside the building. Mm. Teach now. 
who think the same way, mm, right. mm. and they want control. Say that. Right. And guess what? There's some folks in the building right behind me. Who are right there with them. We're caught in a trick bag. So today, we're getting ready to leave this this pocket that we're in. We're going to take a little walk. That's right. We're going to go over to the heart Senate office building. Mm -hmm. And in the words of my good friend John Lewis, right. who passed away just a year ago, mm -hmm. who taught us that if you see something that's not right, say something. That's right. Do something. That's right. Get in the way. Mm. That's right. Get in trouble. That's right. The trouble. The trouble. What kind of trouble? But get in good trouble. That's right. So we're headed over to the heart office building. I know everyone won't be able to be with us, but there'll be a few of us going over, and we're going to make it known that we're there. We're, we may not be smiling, but don't fear. Mm -hmm. We have peace in our heart. That's right. We're nonviolent. We just want you to understand our demands. We have two. Number one, we pass H.R. 4, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, Senate 4, and you pass H.R. 1, Senate 1, the For the People Act. Mm -hmm. That's our first demand. That's right. But I guess I should have put my second demand first. Mm, what's that? Because before we can achieve those, we've got to do some filibuster reform. That's right. That's a way, that's a device that has been used to suppress our rights. That's right. We're seeing a lot of devices cropping up now in Texas, mm. in Georgia. That's right. Devices that are used to pick us off and to keep us from exercising that right fully as a people. Mm -hmm. And we can't allow that to happen because we got plans for November 2022 right. and beyond. That's right. And we realize that we won't be able to achieve it unless we accomplish those two goals that I just laid out. That's so, right. So that's why we are here today and that's why we are ready to move forward with uh, our little walk. That's right. So Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Let's move. Let's All move. Right, 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 right up. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.